Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tina Murray, as always. How's it going, Tina? It's great, Darren. Uh, today on the show, I am so excited again to be able to uh, welcome Melissa Lafreniere. She is a psychotherapist and she is the owner of True North Mediation. So welcome to the show again today. It's nice to see Hi, you. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Oh, oh Melissa. Melissa, sorry, Natalie. Sure. <laughs> we, off, off, off air. Should I do we that over t- again? No, off air, <laughs> we were talking about uh, Natalie. Yes. From another, one of our other members of divorce net that's right so yeah. yeah and they work kind of like together sometimes so that's why we were having that conversation <laughs> anyways back on track sorry it's good do you want to stop it no i don't want to stop let's keep going <laughs> melissa thanks for being on the show yeah i'm very happy to be here thanks for having me back so tell us a little bit about what you do uh what is your profession So I am a registered psychotherapist. I have a clinical practice, but I also uh, function as a family neutral within the collaborative practice of Ottawa. Um, So what that means is that um, as a neutral, some lawyers will approach me to help work with their clients to temper the feelings that might be getting in the way of a settlement. So I kind of coach them through that process. Okay, so you coach mom and dad or the parent, the husband and wife or the separating spouses. Yes. Okay. on how to emotionally get through the divorce. That's correct. Yes. So, so, you know, coach them on communication, get them ready to kind of have uh, five-way conversations, um, meet with lawyers, process what's going on, um, how they're feeling about it so that they can make good decisions. Uh, because what we know is when we feel under threat, our brain actually gets hijacked and it's very, very hard to make good and smart decisions when we're just basically trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and divorce really does feel like something's trying to like threaten you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very, very easy to let that take over and be making decisions from your, you know, emotion-driven reptilian brain than your smarter, higher functioning self. Right. Mm-hmm. So you said, and, and these are two key words I think are important that we should probably focus on just a little bit is family neutral. Mm-hmm. So explain that to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> So a family neutral uh, typically is a mental health professional that's gone through specific training on, um, you know, how to work within the context of divorce. So they've got some knowledge on the legal system and then they come with their own therapeutic background. And as a neutral, their job is to mitigate the feelings and, and get to know both parties and work with both of them to get a settlement uh, done quickly and efficiently. So basically when people are getting too hot and sometimes even the lawyers are, might be escalating the process, the role of the neutral is to kind of keep that all under control and coordinate how, how things are going. Okay. That's, I think important for people to understand that, that you don't represent one side or the other. You, no. you are going to work with both parties to work through those, to help work through those feelings. Now, would you consider yourself a therapist? Well, Not you're a psychotherapist. Right? I am. Yes. So, Yeah. So no, I'm no one's particular therapist. Um, So this is not an ongoing therapeutic relationship. So you definitely take your clinical training into the conversation of how do we, what's actually going on for this person that's keeping the conflict alive for them to, to kind of bring that down enough so that they can have productive uh, conversations with 
them with each other and then their lawyers as well. Um, mm-hmm. That that is, I think, the fundamental difference. And the one thing I wanted to mention is oftentimes I'm the only person who knows both parties really, really well. So I do the intakes and the screenings um, on a collaborative file. So I meet with mom and I meet with dad and I understand the, you know, if there's domestic violence or whatever it is that caused the breakdown of the relationship. And I can inform the lawyers on how to construct a productive process so that everybody feels like there's a balance of power, that they're able to speak freely um, and they've got that support to kind of level it off if they feel like one person is coming in from a better bargaining position. So let's maybe let's diagnose this a little bit. Let's bring it back a bit. So because pe- most people don't understand the different stages or different levels or types of divorces sure. that they can go through. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, Melissa, you and I have discussed this off, off mm-hmm. there that, you know, there's there's uh, it starts off at the beginning where it's basically a kitchen table. You know, yeah. you're getting along. You're, you, you just want to be separated and you go to a divorce and basically get, uh, go to a lawyer sorry, and get a rubber stamp to say you're divorced, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you do the separation agreement and that's pretty much the, the lowest form, lowest yeah. conflict style of divorce. Yeah. And then, but what people don't understand is it goes all the way up to the most, co- most conflict, I would say, which would be, you know, the adversarial traditional, you lawyer up, I lawyer up, and we just, everything goes through fight, the lawyers. And you, yeah, so that's, but in between that spectrum, there's mm-hmm. a, a bunch of different other processes, right, yes. Melissa? Yes. So there's, you know, in my experience, there's there's the um, mediation, which is enhanced mediation, mm-hmm. uh, which is the next step up for me uh, that I've seen, and then and then collaborative, right? So just that's to, right. Uh, so people understand where your role is, because my role is, a, I have a role as a neutral as well, but it's on the financial side. Mm-hmm. and uh, enhanced mediation and um, uh, collaborative are the next two sp- spots where Melissa and myself would come into the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, people can kind of see that on a spectrum, right? That's correct. And um, so so maybe so maybe you could explain to people, you know, uh, how, how does collaborative work, for example? Uh, so collaborative works by both mom and dad or both parties um, securing a collaboratively trained lawyer which means that they're settlement driven. Um, They sign a participation agreement, which means that they are kind of foregoing their uh, option to escalate this to court. So what that means is everybody's focused on getting it done and the lawyers work together as opposed to traditionally kind of posturing and and looking to position. Um, They're focused on the party's interests versus the positions of of where they are. Um, So that's kind of step one. Now, after they do that, if they want to bring in different team members, then they look at financial neutrals that will help do their um, family net property statement and will help them kind of maximize their their pie so that, you know, both people walk away feeling that they got a good slice and uh, the family neutral works with the uh, parents or the separating parties. Um, If there's children, they draft the parenting agreement. And if there isn't children in the mix, then they're working to kind of move the process forward by working on the feelings that are getting in the way. Yeah, that's so brilliant. I, yeah, you, you nailed it. No, you nailed okay. it. It's like, I was like introduction to collaborative law yeah. right there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, kind of how it is. Yeah. And I, and I just wanted to ask another question on that. Now, sometimes people believe, or m- maybe uh, inadvertently, that it costs more money because mm-hmm. there's so many people involved in the process. Maybe you could mm-hmm. speak to that. Yeah. You know, in all fairness, some of those meetings are very expensive. If you think you've got lawyers sitting there, a financials time, my time, like that's a pretty 
decent bill. However, um, if you put that in relation to what a lawyer might charge you to do all those pieces, it's actually less because I know I don't make what a lawyer makes per hour. Um, and I'm specialized in a specific area. So I can get through the material probably much more quickly at a cheaper price, mm -hmm. which tends to make people feel better about where things are going because things are moving, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. So right. It, it might seem more expensive when you get the first bill, but if you were to break that down, you, you'd probably realize it was actually a better way to spend your money. It's, it's mm -hmm. a more efficient process. Yeah. And I, and I also mentioned to clients too, like when you're paying just the one lawyer mm -hmm. and your other spouse has just a lawyer, every mm -hmm. little conversation is flowing through the lawyers, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, and you, you raised a very good point, Melissa, when you're talking about interests, getting to people's interests and goals. Mm -hmm. And I know I've done with you the paper thing, remember yeah. where, how much people, how much, how much can a person take in and understand as being what your priorities are right. right so by the time you keep going and playing that telephone game you're from you to your lawyer to their mm -hmm. lawyer to the other spouse back to the you know and then back to you and then you involve a judge well now you know it's very hard for one person yep. like the judge to take that information and know 100 percent of the conversation of what's really important to you they only get maybe 10 percent yes yeah so yeah. the nice part about collaborative is that you get to air everything that's on your mind mm -hmm. all your all your interests mm -hmm. yeah. and and then you focus on uh the and, and then you focus on things that you can resolve very quickly mm -hmm. and that's where the time thing comes in and people right. don't realize it is when you can eliminate seven of the interests and goals mm -hmm. where both parties can agree right off the hop You've just mm -hmm. taken so much energy and wind out of the uh, out of the conflict mm -hmm. yeah. because it's, this is all done. We don't have to go back to this. Let's yeah. just. You know. So, the question then for the two of you is: Do you two work together on that type of thing? So, like, would it it would there be instances where Melissa and Darren would actually talk to one another outside mm -hmm. of lawyers, outside of? Yeah. Yep. I, I I would I I, I would I wish I had Melissa on every case. I'll, I, I'll be honest with you because I'm not I'm not a, a therapist, a psychotherapist, right? Mm -hmm. And I see the challenges, even being a, a financial neutral, right? Uh, and communicating with the clients because you're trying not you're trying to eliminate power imbalances. Yes, you know, and when and there's always one partner that wants to take control. And there's always one partner that doesn't want to feel like they're being taken control of. Mm -hmm. So for me as a financial, I'm like, look, this, this is black and white. I'm just going to go to your lawyers mm -hmm. and share that information. But I, I always in the back of my mind, I think to myself, God, I wish Melissa was here to mm -hmm. help this person understand they can't do this. They yeah. can't, you know, seize the conversation and try to control the co collaborative pro process, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so. What I also really like about collaborative is because it kind of exposes all the personalities at once. So, you know, if, if you're in a traditional process, you don't know your partner's lawyer except to read all the nasty letters that you might be getting, right? But in a collaborative process, like your, your former spouse's lawyer is sitting at the table with you you're seeing them they're not a monster they're asking you questions they're being respectful like they're really trying not to escalate this which in the long run makes a big difference especially if there's kids involved because you know it's not a clean break unfortunately when there are children um involved right you only get that luxury if it's just the two of you yeah. um and then you divide it and go but when there are you know lawyers involved it's very hard to co-parent after that um when you've read all these 
nasty affidavits that are, you know, in some cases aren't even true. Um, hard to go forward from there. So what I like about the collaborative process is that everybody sees that we are working together. And it, in my opinion, takes some of the, the feeling of threat um, down. Yeah, it's right. scary, but it's not as scary as, you know, thinking that, you know, this lawyer's out to get you when really we're sitting over a cup of coffee trying to work this out so that everybody can move forward and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes as well, like when when council is in meetings, because we have team meetings, and one of the things that you might hear from a council, like a, a lawyer, is they might say, "I'm you're going to hear me be very, um, not adversarial, but very adamant and firm on certain things that I'm going to talk about in the meeting with the clients there. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that because my client has expressed that this is very important that I mm-hmm. advocate for this topic. So now that kind of preempts the conversation because you're like, Melissa and I will be like, okay, he's going to come on strong or she's going to come on strong mm-hmm. because it's, it's more of a, 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 not a show, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like reinforcing or building confidence for the client that they are advocating for them. Yeah. And then we can go back and say to the other lawyer, mm-hmm. FYI, don't get your, your sword out yeah. and started a battle. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's just, or she's just doing this because they want to make sure that their client is heard. Right. But you guys would end up like, when you said that, you, you know, a little bit ago, Darren, you talked about bringing out, you know, the things that actually matter. Right. So before you get to the lawyers, before you get to the, to the adversarial parts or potentially a little bit adversarial, you've already dissected all of the other stuff out, right? Or, or potentially some of the things like the silverware is no longer on the table, right? Mm-hmm. So the small things, so that by the time you get to the lawyer stages, it's quite possible you've already kind of got a really good idea of what yeah. is really important to your clients. For sure. So I, I use, like, I, I've been training insight mediation. So what, you know, that is actually looking at what's driving the conflicts, like what is actually going on for this person and facilitating like a real conversation about that um, with the, with the, with the parents or the parties. Right. So it's like, what would be different if you could, you know, come to an agreement here? Like how would this impact? So it, it kind of brings in some more clinical skills, but the result is you've got people actually hearing about like what the fear is that's right. getting in the way of them moving forward. Right. Um, so when, you know, they're fighting over parenting time, for example, or money, like what, tell me about what you think would be the worst thing that could happen if this doesn't go your way. Like how yeah. is this going to impact you? Um, and having the other person hear it in a meaningful way sometimes moves things on much quicker because we right. all tell ourselves stories about what the other person's up to absolutely um, a lot of the time we're wrong but we're right. running on that story so right. we need to protect ourselves against this story we've told ourselves so right insight mediation I love yeah. that that's expand on that a little bit like that sounds very interesting Yes. So it is. And there's um, like Jacinta Gallant and then Cheryl Picard, like they're the kind of the pioneers of it. And what they've done is taken some very practical clinical skills and put that, you know, taught mediators how to use them in a way that actually furthers 
progress and kind of reduces conflict and gets people listening. Mm -hmm. um, so you're listening for an alternative storyline. You're listening to kind of bring forward some of the positive things to focus on. You're listening for the feelings of threat because whenever we're defending ourselves against something, it's because we feel like something's going to happen, like something's going to be taken away or we're going to be injured, which is why we all defend. Um, so for your, you know, like kids that defend their parents, right? Like why? It's because they, they feel like there's a threat against them in some way and they want to step in and, and say like, hey, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, getting to that sometimes helps a lot um, to get people wow. moving. Wow. And, it, and it doesn't just have to be collaborative, right? Because the step oh. down from collaborative is, is enhanced mediation, which mm -hmm. you just have a mediator and you have possibly a financial uh, neutral and possibly a, um, uh, a parenting, coach. a parenting or, or a family coach. Yeah. I would call it family mediator, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So in the enhanced mediation process, you're right. It's almost like a collaborative, it's set up like collaborative, but without two lawyers. So it's one one mediator um, that's bringing in these other professionals to kind of piece out or farm out the things that they do best, mm -hmm. uh, to kind of bring one document together quickly. Mm -hmm. I know when I do parenting agreements, when provided people are working well together, we can sometimes get it done in like 10 hours, um, including your one hour and a half each intake. Um, right. so, you know, compared to a lawyer that might take way more time. Um, right. just because it, it may not be within their wheelhouse, right? To so the parenting agreement is literally, you put together basically that parenting piece that's going to end up in the separation agreement. Yes, yeah, when there are children involved. When right. it's just a family neutral and it's just a separating couple, yes. um, it's more to support the lawyers, support the clients so that things are moving along um, expeditiously. People mm -hmm. aren't getting held up by their anger or their frustration. Um, or their just complete lack of interest. It kind of keeps people focused on what's going on. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a lot of moving pieces involved in, yeah. in, in, in your job mm -hmm. and in the whole, you know, realm of divorce and separation. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's amazing. All right. One quick question. Do you ever lay down the rules of engagement like with your clients? Like, like, <laughs> and I just, yeah. I say no, that no, because, yeah, yeah. you know, like, are there rules that you set down? Because, you know, I see, I think one of the big things is the biggest things I see is that, that, that is the power imbalance. Yes. And as a neutral, I find it very hard to toe that middle ground sometimes mm -hmm. because you see somebody who's trying to take advantage mm -hmm. of the other partner mm -hmm. through you. Yeah. And I'm, and whenever I, and obviously I don't, I'm not trying to cause conflict, but I, I, I put the rules in front of them. I say, this is, you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. You can do yeah. this, 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 but do you do the same thing? If something similar? I, I do. And I'll always war, I'll tell them up front, you know, you may see me communicating more with one person and that's because, you know, they might need some extra, I might notice that they need some extra help in getting to a place that's going to help you guys get to where you want to go. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm aligned. It just means that I'm working towards making this as fair as it can be. And a lot of times people know they're coming in in a power imbalance, right? Like, because that's been the dynamic, the whole marriage. So it doesn't change all of a sudden because you're separating, it actually gets heightened. Um, so, you know, that for sure. And, and sometimes I'll lay out communication, um, if there's like ongoing, you know, borderline harassment communication happening between the couple, then I'll be like, okay, listen, we're going to agree. Like you can email three times a week 
um, and kind of set up some concrete interventions so that the conflict's being reduced offline as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if that's, if that's what you mean by rules of engagement, yeah. um, I'm okay with conflict. I was a crisis worker for like 10 years. So I have a very high threshold for people, you know, not getting along. Um, but I think if you don't have that high threshold, I think it's very important to set parameters um, and make sure that if there is conflict, it's it's healthy, healthy conflict and not kind of um, like abusive, you know, what you're describing. We're trying to get through another person uh, through a mediator. Do you ever re recommend that the clients go see a therapist themselves? Like oh, if they, sure. yeah, <laughs> someone other than you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, for those if, that are only listening to this, Melissa's face went like, "Oh yes, you know, kind oh of yeah, expressive." Yeah, and I don't think there's any shame in that. Like, this is a hard, hard time. Like, if you can imagine, you had this vision of what life was going to be, and it either was taken from you or it died. And now what, right? Like, there's a lot of feelings of loss associated with that, and finding someone who can help you work through it is never a bad thing because it actually sets you up to have healthier experience after. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think, I think the, um, like with COVID and the fact that social media is so prevalent oh, nowadays and yeah. everything is out there. I, I think there's some good and bad coming from that. I think the good side is, is that it's, it's kind of shone a light on mm -hmm. maybe some, some challenges people have mm -hmm. like, like mental illness or mental stress mm -hmm. has come to light more, which is, people are identifying and allowing themselves to communicate their, their weaknesses or their, or not their weaknesses, but their challenges. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and find help. So. And I, I, I think anytime, you know, there, a therapist is helpful. Right. Oh, for sure. I think for most of us, like you said, COVID is really shone a light on that, but mm -hmm. particularly if you're going through that added stress of, uh, of a separation, it's, it's, it, you'd be honestly, sorry, foolish not to go. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I agree, kind of, because, you know, you're, it's high feelings. It's mm -hmm. some days you're feeling great and happy to be a bit of the other person. And other days you're like, oh my gosh, my world has collapsed. Mm -hmm. It's a big roller coaster. And you know, it takes about, you know, a year to 18 months, in my experience, after the ink is dry um, to kind of really feel like you've put your life back together. So, you know, in the midst of it, I think it's great to have a sounding board that can normalize your feelings, reality, check you a little bit, um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of say, you know, is, is this really worth dying over fighting over, you know, think about longer term, um, how this is going to impact you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Me. Well, that's cool. You know, that's really neat. And thank you for explaining the collaborative side yeah. and, and the enhanced mediation side. And I, I think you could, you could even work in the uncontested when you think about it, because, you know, if people are already kind of getting along. It would, your role would be very simple to mm -hmm. just kind of make sure that they're both on the same page and they're comfortable signing that document, you know, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I always say, I always say, just be careful what you sign, because mm -hmm. if it's signed, dated and witnessed, it's now a contract. Doesn't matter if it's on toilet paper, right? Yeah. It's a contract. So you, you want to understand, you want to know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Let me put it that way. Right. Yeah. And whether it's financial or it is, you know, uh, from, from your side as a parenting or mm -hmm. uh, a relationship coach uh, in, in the process, you mm -hmm. want to know mm -hmm. that you're, you're kind of going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so people like yourself, Melissa, and I think, and the lawyers and the financials, I think they all have their own role. And mm -hmm. I think the faster people kind of 
the faster all the professionals get to the point where they don't have to wear all the hats right. is mm -hmm. where you see the, the systems really shine mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's always the people who are trying to do stuff outside of their wheelhouse because mm -hmm. they want to maybe whatever the reason is mm -hmm. they're yeah. trying to do that and it doesn't always work out as well you know mm -hmm. so anyways yeah no agreed 100 i think you know give people the right tools to do the right job and it goes much faster yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay well thank you for joining us again melissa can you uh, let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you uh, so um i can be found at uh true north mediation.ca um, and my contacts there and of course on DivorceNet and um, you know I'm always available for consults they don't cost anything and I'm happy to answer any questions and point you in the right direction great fabulous do you have a business line uh 613-795-8720 all right and again like Melissa said you can find her also on the DivorceNet webpage along with all the other amazing professionals that we have and if you have any other questions please reach out to someone to get some help Till next time, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.